What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the First Team All Pro Podcast with your host, LT Nasty. This is episode 56. Now, I know I was supposed to record this yesterday, actually like an hour or two ago, so like the 27th, but uh, yeah, and then we're doing, uh, looks like we're doing another late night episode, and I'm just going to keep this short. This is probably going to be a 15-minute episode. We're going to uh, talk about a lot of different topics in the sports world. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the NHL, the biggest surprises out of the NHL, who's leading the standings. Uh, also talk talk and recap the MLB awards, uh, as well as talk about the NFL through weeks 10 through 12. Well, specifically the games the that uh, highlighted the, the big games from the last three weeks, I should say. So... We'll be talking about the big games from weeks 10 through 12 and the uh, most surprising games as well. So like the big upsets, you know, and, and all that stuff. But uh, let's get right into it. Let's let's start with the NHL. Uh, the biggest surprises out of the NHL. Let's start there. Who's leading which division? Uh, two teams. I'm going to be honest, did not believe they were going to be leading the standings whatsoever uh, in their respective divisions. Uh, but uh, here they are uh, in the Atlantic division, the Bruins, the Bruins, they're 18 and three. They're on an absolute heater. 18 and three. It's like, I don't know what happened over there. Maybe it's because they, their new head coach, uh, uh, implemented a new system over there, which if you don't know, their new head coach is Jim Montgomery. Uh, so maybe he uh, did something different that their former from their former coach, uh, which ironically enough is Bruce Cassidy, who's leading the Vegas Golden Knights, who are in first place in their division. Uh, they're first in the Pacific. Uh, they are 16-6-1. and one. So, pretty interesting to see how that works. Uh, pretty interesting to see that. Uh, it, 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 it's interesting uh, as well because I, I thought Bruce Cassidy was a good coach for the Bruins from what I saw. I mean, he led them to a uh, Stanley Cup final appearance in 2019. So, I thought he was going to be around for a lot longer. But I guess management decided... After last season, after last season's disappointment, uh, that things needed to be changed. Uh, they also got, they also made some a lot of adjustments to the roster. Um, from what I've seen, uh, I mean, obviously they brought back David Krejci. Uh, Patrice Bergeron came back for another go around, uh, and. I mean, who else did they bring in? I mean, in all honesty, it's really more more or less the same roster from last year. I mean, with the exception of uh, Pavel Zaka, who who uh, they got in a trade with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, who else? Who else am I missing here? Oh, Anton Strawman, which former Ranger, by the way, former New York Ranger. Uh, but uh, while well, he didn't play with the Rangers last year. Um, I'm pretty sure he was a, uh, I don't know if he, I, I think he was Florida Panther last season still. I don't know. 
Uh, let me double check. He was either a panther or a coyote. I believe he was a coyote. Yeah, he was in Arizona. He was on the Arizona Coyotes last season. Uh, so it, it was interesting to see that. But I'm gonna be honest with you. Like like I said, it, their roster is more or less the same. I mean, yes, obviously they brought in uh, Hampus Lindholm uh, last year. But uh, that was really the only big move out of them last year, uh, from what I, from what at least from what I've observed from the Bruins. Uh, but it's interesting because I don't think anyone expected like, like unless you're from Boston, like unless you're like a Bruins fan, I don't think anyone expected the Bruins to be this good. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought there were going to be three or four teams that were going to be better than them to start off the season. Uh, and two of those teams uh, that I believed were going to be better uh, are really not doing that great right now. The Tampa Bay Lightning, they're 12-7-1, and and I know the Tampa Bay Lightning, I know Lightning fans are really like, whoa, we, we were in three straight cup finals. Uh, you know, we went back to back in 2020 and 2021. Well, I mean, just, I don't know. I, I, I thought Tampa was going to be much better through the first 20 games. And I know it's only 20 games into the season. Uh, but, uh, yeah, things change. Uh, they, they also granted like Tampa also lost a lot of players. Uh, in the offseason, uh, one of their playoff heroes, uh, Andre Palat, uh, I re- I'm pretty sure I went over this uh, in a previous episode. He ended up signing with the New Jersey Devils, uh, uh, which is the other big surprise I will be uh, talking about in this episode. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that was that was that was another thing that hurt Tampa Bay. Uh, losing a couple big pieces, and then they went on a spending spree. What, and when I mean by spending spree, I mean re-signing. I'm talking about re-signing players. And they re-signed like three players to like eight-year contracts. Anthony Anthony Sorelli being one of them, Mikhail Sergachev being another one. And then I'm, and that's the thing. That's the thing. Those are the two like big contracts they sign. They are, or I should say, those are the two big contracts they uh, brought back. Like those are the two big guys they brought back. And I'm gonna be honest with you, they're gonna have no, uh, they're gonna have no cap space entering next season, or heading into the off season, I should say. Uh, let's uh, let's actually. Ch- check that actually go to cap friendly to see if we can uh see see if we can uh see anything uh let's see i'm trying to find it uh where is it let's see what see what's going to happen next season if i if i can't find it i'm sure i'll highlight it uh, in the next episode or uh, in another episode. But 
they brought back a lot of guys. Well, really, they re-signed like three or four guys. Uh, and like I said, Sorelli and Sergachev were two of the big pieces alongside uh, Nick Paul, who was surprised it was one of the cheaper contracts, one, probably the cheapest contract for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, I, and I'm going to be honest, he's earned that contract because he was anyone that saw Tampa Bay in the playoffs. You, Nick Paul was doing everything and anything possible. I mean, out on the ice. I mean, he was wheeling and dealing. And he rightfully earned that contract extension. So good for him. But yeah. <clears throat> anyway, let's let's hop right back into that contract situation with Tampa Bay. Uh, for Mikhail Sergachev, his current contract for 2020, for his current like payout, I should say, for 2022-2023, he'll be making $4.8 million for this season. And then it jumps like another like $3.7 million. Uh, it goes right to $8.5 million. And then, and then uh, like I said, that goes for eight more seasons. So, and I believe this, like I said, I think it's the same thing for uh, Anthony Sorelli. If I could find it here. <clears throat> oh, no. He's, uh, it's not uh, an eight, well, it's not a uh, eight point whatever million dollar deal, but it's still a big contract. Uh, it's a, it go, his contract will go from $4.8 million uh, in for this year to $6.25 million. Uh, uh, for uh, the next, you know, like I said, eight years. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, but those contracts, those are, uh, those might come back to bite them in the long term. And obviously they got uh, Kucherov and Braden Point locked down, so they won't have to worry about those contracts. But they got a lot of uh, question marks entering uh, the offseason. And like I said, uh, it's early. It's early in the season. So I don't know why I'm really talking about this, but it, it should be good to know where uh, you know a team's cap situation is. Uh, and as I'm doing this, I'm currently at the 10 minute mark. So, uh, if you thought this was going to be a 15 episode, like 15 minute episode, like I said, uh, uh, in the beginning of the episode, uh, I'm sorry, this is probably going to be probably 20 to probably 30 minutes. So, uh, what else? Uh, let's keep talking about the free agents. Uh, Alex Kalorn going to be a, uh, unrestricted, uh, free agent, uh, soon actually i think uh uh i believe at the end of 2023 2024 uh <clears throat> uh Nemestikov will be a uh, free an unrestricted free agent at the end of uh 2023 2024 uh Colton Ross will be an RFA uh a restricted free agent at the end of 2023 2024 uh, Pierre-Edouard Belmar will be a UFA that same year. Same thing with Corey Perry, Patrick, uh, actually not Patrick Maroon. He'll be, uh, an unrestricted free agent, uh, in 2024, 2025. And the same 
thing. I think there's a couple others for uh, 2024 and 2025. Yeah, Zach Bogosian's going to be another uh, UFA. Uh, obviously, they have Victor Hedman for uh, three more years. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have a lot of pieces uh, uh, potentially leaving. Depending on what they'll, like I said, depending on what their cap situation is. But like I said, with those current con with some of those current contracts they got, especially considering they're also dealing with uh, uh, the Brent Seabrook contract, they still have two more years of that. And Brent Seabrook is literally basically retired at this point. I, I mean, I don't think he's playing a, I, I don't think he's, actually, yeah, he is retired. He's not playing anymore. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's still under contract with, uh, Tampa. So they're biting, uh, they're dealing with that contract for two more years and that's $6.875 million, uh, for, uh, two more years. So they're going to have to deal with that. Uh, but anyway, uh, just wanted to run that by and talk about that because that's an interesting situation. Like I said, there might be a lot of guys on the way out of Tampa. A lot of key players from those two uh, cup-winning teams uh, on the way out. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, back to business. Uh, yeah, the Bruins, 18-3 and three with, a, with, like I said, their new coach, Jim Montgomery. It's interesting because, I like, like I said, and I know I went over this just a little bit, but I will say it again for people that didn't pay attention to that part. Uh, I did not expect them to be this dominant this early in the season. Uh, not whatsoever. I thought after last season, I thought they were done. I thought they were going to be in a, like a complete rebuild mode. Oh, boy, was I wrong. Boy, was I wrong. But I, I, I am going to say this. Uh, it, it, it It's going to... It's going to happen eventually, like not to uh, rain on your parade Bruins fans, but it's going to happen sooner than later. Uh, that's all I'm saying. But the like I said, Bruins are off to a hot start. They're on a heater. Uh, 18 wins, three losses, no overtime losses, which is interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah. So the Bruins, red hot, and they're leading the Atlantic Division. Anyway, the next big surprise, uh, actually, a couple big surprises in this division, which is the Metropolitan Division. Uh, and this is where I'm going to have to talk about two specific teams. Actually, more like three or four specific teams in this division. Uh, let's start with uh, the elephant in the room. Uh and that's the New Jersey Devils. Like, we all knew that they had talent. We all know they have talented players. But no, much like the Bruins, I did not expect them to be this good this, good this season. Not at all. Not, not whatsoever. I mean, they were, coming, they were riding a 13-game winning streak until, of course, they lost to Toronto a few nights back. Uh which I believe that was, uh, let me double, yeah, that was the 23rd. Uh, but yeah, like no one expected it. No one expected it. Well, 
Actually, I, and I'm going to be honest with you. If you did expect the Devils to be like this good, like to be off to this good of a start this early in the season, I'm sorry, you're lying. You're lying. <laughs> you're lying to yourself if you t- if you're gonna tell me you saw this co- this coming. You're lying. But that's besides the point. Uh, they got a lot of talent on that team. It's you don't need to. Uh, don't need to go into detail. I mean, even though I will. I mean, obviously they got Jack Hughes, uh, Nico Heeshear, uh Yeah, and of course, uh, Jesper Bratt, who, uh, who's having a hell of a season so far. Uh, you know, Vitek Vanacek uh, as the goalie. Uh, they also got Dawson Mercer, Miles Wood, John Marino, du- Dougie Hamilton, uh, Eric Halla, who they Eric Halla, who they got in that uh, trade uh, with the Bruins. Uh, Ryan Graves, uh, Igor, uh, Sharon Govich, Thomas Tatar, Nathan Bastian, and so on and so forth. I can go down the list. Obviously, there's a couple guys that, in my opinion, aren't really that good. Uh, but, uh, uh, of course, uh, they're just, like I said, they're an incredibly talented team. Uh, this season and it's it's paying off uh especially like i said the emergence of jesper bratt i mean he's been absolutely crushing it this season for the devils what i gotta check his stats i he's been putting up ridiculous numbers so far this season uh and obviously if you're a devils fan you're going to enjoy every second of it because i can tell you one thing i'm sure a lot of other fan bases uh projected your team to be in the bottom of the league again. Uh, And I'm going to be honest with you, Devils fans. I was also one of those people. Uh, And your team has proven me wrong. But uh, yeah, Jesper Brett has 25 points in 22 games this season. He's got eight goals uh, and 17 assists. So he's off to a hell of a start this season. Uh, and then obviously Jack Hughes, who uh, I'm pretty sure scored a hat trick the other night. Uh, I'm pretty sure he scored a uh, hat trick against the Capitals the other night. Correct me if I'm wrong, Devils fans. Uh, no, yeah, I was right. Yeah, I was right. Just making sure. Just double checking. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, going back to Jack Hughes, let's see how he's doing this season. Uh, and I, I've been seeing the highlights all over social media uh, from every, you know, you know, every once in a while I catch a glimpse. Well, not every once in a while. I mean, obviously I pay attention, but uh, obviously I try to see how see the highlights of my, my team uh, if they're uh, winning, which if you couldn't tell, I am a Rangers fan. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to get into them in a little bit, but that's besides the point. Uh, the, let's see, let's, let's see how, uh, Jack Hughes is doing. He's got 25 points in 22 games, much like Jesper Bratt, uh, except Hughes has 11 goals and 14, uh, assists. So he is also going off this season. And I'm going to be honest, the devils needed that. The devils needed that. They need guys who can accumulate points like crazy. And this is another, this is another thing. 
their defense, like the last couple of years, was awful. So I, I think making improvements on the defense also helped. And obviously getting a goalie, getting a uh, goalie to hold, hold it down in, uh, you know, between the pipes. And Vitek Vanacek is doing that. Uh, I want to see. I'm just curious. Who is the Devils' backup goalie? Just want to make sure. I want to see who that is. Uh, 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 Devils fans, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the other goalie on your team is uh, Kira Schmid. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what it says. Uh, that's what it says. That's the uh, other goalie. Uh, let me make sure. Uh, who else? Yeah. No, yeah, no, I just, never mind. I just, NHL.com confirmed it. All right, because I just double-checked. Uh, and they still have McKen- they still have Mackenzie Blackwood. Interesting. Uh, but he's on the injured reserve, and same with Jonathan Bernier. Uh, that's interesting. But anyway, that's, uh, that's besides the point. So yeah, the Devils are probably the biggest surprise in the Metropolitan Division. Probably the second biggest surprise. Uh, actually, no, they are the, they are the biggest surprise, uh, in the NHL so far. Uh, because like I said, no one expected them to be this good early. Anyway, let's let's focus on the Metro a little bit more. Let's get to my team for a minute. Let's talk about the New York Rangers. They have struggled. Uh, any Ranger fan that listens to this podcast uh, and if you and saw the game against the Oilers the other night, uh, then you know what I'm about to talk about. Uh, <clears throat> following that loss to the Oilers, the Rangers. This is the that is now the third time the rate where the Rangers have had a multi goal lead, blew it, and lost. The other two times were against the Detroit Red Wings, uh, at home and against the uh, against their rival in the New York Islanders, also at home. Uh, I don't know what's going on, and injuries are piling up. Uh, the Rangers also just trade just traded Ryan Reeves a couple of days ago. Uh, so it's just not looking good for the Rangers so far. They're 10, eight and four. And like I said, I know it's early in the season, but <clears throat> with the way the devils Islanders, and of course the hurricanes are playing right now. Uh, well, actually not so much the hurricanes because from what I see in their last 10 games, they're three, three and four, but that's besides the point anyway. But Considering how good the Devils and Islanders are uh, playing so far, uh, might be tough to catch them. Might be tough to catch them. But uh, yeah, the Rangers. Like I, I, I don't know what's going on over there. Like what is happening? Actually, no. I, I shouldn't even be asking what is happening because I know what is happening. The defense is completely falling apart. I mean, let, let's be honest. If you're a Ranger fan, to any of the Ranger fans listening to this part of the episode, uh, what has been the biggest problem with the Rangers for the last, like, 10, 15 years, I should say? 
Because if you said defense, then you are correct. Because the defense has not been performing. The defense has fallen apart this season. And it is clear as day. And I'm going to be honest with you. If you're saying, if you're saying that the defense isn't a problem, currently isn't a problem, I I, I got I got a uh, got bad news for you. You're wrong. And also, this is another problem. Uh, this is another problem. They have those games. So those some of those games in the last like ten games, like ten or twelve games, they do not seem to play a full 60-minute game. I don't know if any other Ranger fan has picked that up, but they will play through, through like the first 40 minutes, play hard hockey, uh, you know, score a couple goals, get an early lead, and then in the third period, that it just all goes to crap. They completely crap the bed. I don't know what it is. Uh, don't know what's happening with them, but uh, they better get it together quick. Because uh, they play, they play, what do you know? They play the, uh, the first place, uh, the, they play the Metro Division leading New Jersey Devils. Then they play the Senators twice, uh, and then they play the Blackhawks, which, sorry, Sens and Blackhawks fans, but uh, these, these should wins for the Rangers those three games after uh the Devils after that game against the Devils should be should be wins should be I say should because the because the Senators and Blackhawks are have basically have hit rock bottom this season uh because I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the Senators are at the bottom of the Atlantic Division. Uh, yep, there we go. They are. And then the Chicago Blackhawks are at the bottom of the Central Division. That's why I say those three games are winnable. But knowing the Rangers, they're probably going to break my heart. They're probably going to get me all excited. They're probably going to score three goals, get off to an early lead, and somehow find a way to mess it all up. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, and I know it's early in the season, but can't you cannot be doing this like heading into like December and January. I'm gonna be honest. I, I'm not really like I'm not panicking right now, uh, but it, it is a little concerning. It is a little concerning to see the sloppy play from the team right now. If this team, I will say, if they keep playing like this heading into January, maybe like mid-January, uh, or not even mid, not even mid-January, just heading into January in general, January maybe February, then I'll be concerned. Then I'll be really concerned, actually. Uh, but right now, maybe I don't know. Changes need to be made. Uh, obviously it's a long season. It's early in the season. That's why I'm not too worried right now. Uh, but when January, when, when January comes around and if this team is still in the same spot, uh, as when I uh, made this episode, uh, it's uh, not going to be a fun time for me. It's, I'm, I'm, I will be really concerned anyway, enough of that. Uh, the other biggest surprise, uh, 
in the NHL before I move on to the NFL for like two minutes because I'm I'm going to have to cut this episode off uh, at some point because it's almost 1 a.m. and I'm going to and I want to go to sleep soon. Uh, it's the Capitals. It's the Capitals and the Flyers. Actually, no, no, no. More specifically, the Flyers. I mean, the Capitals, they have an aging core. I mean, obviously, they have Ovechkin, who's still performing at an elite level. But the Capitals, you know, the last couple of years, it has shown that they're on the decline, uh, especially from their past uh, playoff performances. But the Flyers, actually, that one wasn't a surprise. That one wasn't a surprise. I remember I made an episode on it, a preview to the NHL season. Uh, and uh, Or no, it was uh, NHL. I think it was during NHL free agency when I talked about John Tortorella uh, being the coach of the Flyers. And I said, and I, I said that it wasn't going to go well. And what happened? It hasn't gone well. Shocker. It's almost like he, it's almost like the game has passed John Tortorella by. It's almost like the the game has changed from the days when he was coaching. Wow. But yeah, the Flyers, I think they were like, like 4-0 at the start of the season. And now they're 7-10-5 and and basically, basically tanking at this point. And I like, I know it's early, uh, but Still, Flyers, yikes. Absolute yikes. Uh, anyway, with uh, that being said, uh, what else do I want to talk about in regards to uh, NHL? Oh, yeah. I got one more team to talk about in the Metro. And that one last team in the Metro that I have to talk about before I move on Uh is the Columbus Blue Jackets. They are terrible. Uh, I, 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 I still can't process it. Jo- no offense, Blue Jackets fans, but Johnny Gaudreau signed with your team? He signed with the Blue Jackets? Really? They, the way they're performing, like, like, uh, what is happening? Like, you think this team would be better, you know, especially not only with Johnny Gaudreau, but also Patrick Laine. But what is happening? 7-12-1 at the bottom of the Metro Division. At this point, you're competing to see who's going to get the top draft pick in, in this year's draft and try to draft Connor Bedard. Like, this is not good. Hey, maybe that's what you want, Blue Jackets fans. I don't know. Maybe that's what you want. But, uh, yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think, uh, Johnny Gaudreau is probably having the best of times right now. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Blue Jackets fans. I'm sure he wants to win. And actually, no, I'm positive he wants to win. And right now, uh, your team isn't winning. And I know it's early. All the you know things can change, but still. Anyway, yeah, that that is a uh, that's a yikes. Anyway, one last team to uh, cover. Uh, it's in the West, and that's the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, actually, no, and the Seattle Kraken. So really, two teams I got to cover uh, before I talk about the NFL for a little bit. Uh, and when I talk about the NFL, 
Uh, I'm going to be talking. I'm not going to be running through weeks 10 through 12. I'm not going to like run through every game. I'm going to be talking about the big games uh, that caught me by surprise, like the results, uh, as well as more specifically. Uh, and when I more specifically certain games from like week 12, uh, specifically the Thanksgiving games. Uh, but that's besides the point. Uh, anyway, the Seattle Kraken, after a miserable first season, are somehow second in the Pacific Division. I mean, honestly, kind of makes sense, though. It honestly does make sense, considering some of the teams, how, uh, considering some of the teams in that division. And when I mean teams, when I mean those teams, I mean the Ducks, Sharks, Canucks, and Flames. Because th those four teams I just mentioned are all terrible. Uh, and makes sense. Makes sense for the Flames. They lost Johnny Gaudreau and uh, Matthew Kachuk in the offseason. Uh, I mean, actually, not yet. Not really even in the offseason. I mean, Matthew Kachuk was traded. Uh, it, it's, it really is interesting. I mean, it, it still doesn't make any sense. Makes absolutely no sense. But I will say, they got a massive haul for, for, for When they made that deal, they got a massive haul. So, uh, but... Uh, that's besides the point. Yeah, and the Canucks, they're absolutely terrible. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if Bruce Boudreaux got fired, like, at some point. Uh, there's just no way I see him coaching the full season in Vancouver. No way. Uh, I mean, there's a reason this guy has been uh, eventually fired from multiple teams he coached, uh, those teams being the Capitals, Anaheim Ducks, and the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he got fired midway through the season if things didn't change because the Canucks are a mess. And like I said, the same thing with the Flames, the Sharks, and the Ducks. And even the Oilers aren't even doing that good. And at least so far this season. I mean, I can't really be saying anything right now because they just beat the Rangers. They just beat my team. Uh, so I can't really be saying too much, uh, but they're 11 and 10. They're 11 and 10, uh, which is just over 500. But uh, they, I mean, still, they're in a, currently in a playoff spot. But like I said, it's early in the season. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Vegas and Seattle, the two biggest surprises. Uh, currently, the Kraken are on a five-game winning streak. Uh, the Golden Knights are are currently on a two-game losing streak. But still, the Vegas Golden Knights, they missed the playoffs last year. And this is when they got Jack Eichel from Buffalo. And they still missed the playoffs. Granted, all things considered, like he was still, at the time, recovering from his injury. So, can't really... Can't really pin too much on that. Uh, can't really, like, go into... Can't really, like... Like I said, can't really go too much uh, in depth with that. Uh, because, again, like he was, like I said, he was recovering from his injury. Uh, I'm not going to give 
uh, Vegas too much slack uh, right there. But yeah, but now that he's back, now that Eichel's back, he's been tearing it up. And I'm sure it, yeah, actually, I'm not just sure. I'm positive it's pissing uh, Sabres fans off that he's doing this good with uh, Vegas. And, and I'm sorry, Sabres fans, but your team never did anything to help him out. Never got went out and got big free agents. Never did a thing. Never did a thing to help him out. They never did one thing to help Eichel out. Not one. And the fact that they that your team didn't let him uh get the surgery he needed uh for his injury, that that was a disaster. Absolute disaster. That was that was the tip of the iceberg right there for uh with uh for uh Jack Eichel's tenure in Buffalo. But uh yeah. So like I said, I would say I'm sorry, Sabres fans, but uh you kinda had this one coming. Uh with uh this whole uh with this whole thing. But uh that's besides the point. Yeah, I mean, like, it just, it's still, it still amazes me that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but when Eichel returned the Buffalo, when he he returned uh, to play against the, uh, when he returned the Buffalo to play against the Sabres for the first time, well, in Buffalo, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was met with a huge, uh, with very loud uh booze from the crowd so which makes no sense because he carried that franchise for years you know say what you want and i know tage thompson is turning into the next uh big thing for the sabers but uh that doesn't change the fact that eichel kept the sabers relevant for like the last like Nine years, basically his whole career. Uh, well, let me just double check. Seven years, seven years, because he was drafted in 2015. So yeah, he kept that franchise relevant for the last seven years. So, I mean, but and you still bow him? Makes no sense. But like I said, like I said before. Your team's owners and management did nothing to help him out. Nothing to help him out. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, now I'm sure every single Sabres fan is going to, you know, come after me and, you know, boo loudly at me now. But anyway. Uh, uh, anyway, let's see. What do we got to move on to? Uh uh oh mlb awards gotta hammer the mlb awards uh i'm just gonna run down the uh mlb awards let's start with the most obvious ones mvp awards uh american league it was pretty obvious who was winning the american league mvp at this point without a doubt uh 
And I know a lot of people said Otani, and there is a good someone. Actually, I wouldn't say good, but there's somewhat of an argument there for Otani. But Judge absolutely dominated. I mean, he led the he led the major leagues in RBIs, OPS, OPS plus, total bases, runs, home runs. Uh, I mean, I mean. That's, I mean, he absolutely dominated. Uh, Judge absolutely dominated this season. Uh, and that brings me to my next point. I am a Yankees fan, and uh, I am currently stressed out that he has not. Uh, I am currently stressed out that uh, the Yankees haven't re-signed them. Uh, uh, so that's the next piece of news I'm looking forward to. I want to hopefully wake up uh one day in the next month, whatever it is, and see the news that Judge resigned with the Yankees. That's I, I really want to see that because if I don't, and if I find out he signs with a rival team or anything, I am going to be miserable. <laughs> I, I can't even lie. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, and then in the National League, uh, Paul Goldschmidt won his first MVP. Uh, <clears throat> he hit. 317 with 35 home runs and 115 RBIs. So once again, uh, Aaron Judge wins the American League MVP and Paul Goldschmidt won the National League MVP. And Goldschmidt, any anyone that saw Paul saw Paul Goldschmidt uh, play. So all you Cardinals fans out there that watched them play, even just like not even just Cardinals fans, but baseball fans in general, whoever saw him play, he. He had one hell of a season. One hell of a season. Anyway, moving on. Cy Young Awards. Uh, and then I'm just going to go into the Rookie of the Year Awards real quick and Manager of the Year uh, Awards. <clears throat> and then I'm going to be honest with you. I think the NFL might have to wait for another episode. Actually, no. No, it won't. I'll, I'll talk about the Thanksgiving games and then I'll cut it off. A anyway. Uh, Cy Young Awards, Justin Verlander for the American, won the American League Cy Young Award. I don't know how he did it, man. I don't know how he did it because it, it didn't even like the last couple of seasons, anyone that saw him pitched, he didn't look like his regular self. It looked like he potentially wouldn't pitch again with the injuries he's had in the past. Uh, in the past couple of years. Uh, and he came all the way back and not only, not only won a Cy Young, but not, not only did he come back, he absolutely dominated on the mound and won another World Series and now won another Cy Young. Oh, and on top of that, before we get into uh, the other, uh, thing before we get into the other awards uh he also won the comeback player of the year for the american league unreal unreal and then uh in the national league the national league cy young sandy alcantara sandy uh, alcantara uh or sandy alcantara uh won the uh nl cy young award uh, and he dominated again. He was probably the, 
Alcantara was probably the lone bright spot for the Marlins. He was he was probably the lone bright spot for the Marlins. Uh, actually, no. No, let me rephrase that. In the pitching department, that is. Uh, he was the lone bri- bright spot in the uh, uh, pitching department for the Marlins. Uh, obviously, we know who the bright spot was in the hitting department for the Marlins. That's Jazz Chisholm uh, Jr. Uh, or not Jazz Chisholm Jr., Jazz Chisholm. No, yeah, it is. It's Jazz Chisholm Jr. Okay, making sure I got that right. But yeah, like I said, like I said, those were the two. Those were the two bright spots for the Marlins: uh, Alcantara on the mound, and of course, uh, Jazz Chisholm, Ju- Jazz Chisholm Jr. Uh, uh, in the hitting department. But once again, congratulations to both Verlander and Alcantara. Unreal seasons for the both of them, and. What was uh, Alcantara's ERA this season? I'm going to double-check that. Let me uh, double-check. Two point two eight ERA this season. Alcantara had a 2.28 ERA this season. Absolutely dominated. Hey, maybe the Marlins uh, make some moves to help him out, so uh, uh, so he doesn't have to be the uh, doesn't have to, you know, be thrown out there basically every night. That that's another thing. Like I said, outside of Alcon- Alcantara, the Marlins need major starting pitching help, big time, big time. But that's besides the point. We'll. See what happens as the season or as the off season progresses. Anyway, regardless, congratulations uh, to Justin Verlander and uh, Sandy Alcantara for winning the Cy Young Awards in the American League and the National League. <clears throat> and then the Rookie of the Year awards and the Manager of the Year awards. I'm just going to run through this real quick because. This episode's probably going to be 40 minutes now. Uh, Rookie of the Year awards. uh, Anyone who watched paid attention this season. You already knew uh, who was winning the American League Rookie of the Year. uh, And that was Julio Rodriguez. Absolutely dominated. Absolutely dominated. And it it wasn't even close. Not even close. And then in the National League... It was Michael Harris the second. Unreal. I mean, he like I said, it was pretty obvious that anyone who uh, watched the season, those two dominated for the rookies uh, in the American League and the and the National League. And then the manager of the year awards, uh, Terry Francona and Buck Showalter, which really doesn't surprise me. That was probably the best season. The Mets had in years, uh, probably s- same thing for the Guardians. Probably the best season they've had since I they made the World Series in what 2016. So it, it, it makes sense if you think about it. It does make sense. 
those two won those awards. Anyway, uh, I would go through, uh, you know, the gold gloves and silver sluggers, but that would take up another 30 minutes. So I'm going to cut that off right there. Anyway, let's, uh, let's finish this off by, uh, talking about, uh, the NFL, uh, specifically NFL week 12. And what I mean by week 12, I'm talking like the Thanksgiving games because I'm not running through all the other games. Uh, but, uh, obviously, you know, there were, there were some good games. There was some good games on Thanksgiving day. The Bills and Lions, that was a really close game. Bills edged the Lions out uh, 28-25. Uh, this game I don't really want to talk about because I'm a Giants fan, but I will anyway. Uh, the Cowboys beat the Giants 28-20. to Yeah, I really wasn't that fun for me. Really wasn't that fun for me as a Giants fan. And one thing I did notice, there were a lot of penalties flying that game. One thing I did notice, that was one of the major things I started picking up, not just in, not even in this weekend, like just the whole season. You see a whole lot more flags being thrown out now. It's honestly ridiculous for, for some, for sometimes stupid, stupid crap. That just makes no sense. But still, they were a lot a lot of flags being thrown in this game. And it doesn't surprise me because I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of the refs in the NFL, I'm not, and I feel like a lot of people feel the same way uh, as I do. Most of the refs in the NFL suck. And if you tell me I'm wrong, I mean, then prove it, prove it. Anyway, enough of that. All right, let me check something real quick. Oh, this episode's already at 20 minutes. So this is basically going to be close to an hour-long episode. So I highly recommend with this, uh, listen to this episode in bunches, uh, like 15-minute segments or 10-minute segments. Uh, Don't try to listen to this whole episode in one go. Uh, Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Listen to like... 10 or 15 minute segments. Uh, and then whenever you want to finish it, finish the episode, that's on you. Uh, but anyway, moving right along, uh, the Patriots and Vikings, that was a really tight game. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. The Vikings didn't look good. The Vikings looked human. They looked human. They did not look good. Uh, and, Seems like Mac Jones uh, found his groove a little bit as well. He threw for two touchdown passes for 300 uh, for uh, he threw two touchdown passes, completed 28 of his 39 passes uh, and for a total of 382 yards. So seems like he's finding his groove again. Uh, Yeah. So those were the three games. Uh, I planned on highlighting. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah. I think that's it. Uh, obviously, there are a couple games that just finished up. Actually, the Packers Eagles game finished up about an hour or two ago. Uh, there were, honestly, from week 12, there were a lot of good games. 
there were a lot of like close games. But uh, and then obviously there was uh, some snooze fest games, uh, like uh, the 49ers and the Saints, absolute snooze fest. Chiefs Rams. I'm like unless you're a Chiefs fan, like that game was a complete snooze fest. Uh, actually, no, not necessarily because the Chiefs put up a lot of points. They put up 26 points. The Saints and 49ers, between those two, they only put up 13. 13! The, Raider, the Raiders-Seahawks game, that might be the game of the week, though. 40-34 to 34 in overtime. It's, it's either between... Actually, that being said, actually, there were a lot of really good games this week. Uh, like the Browns Buccaneers, that game was great. The Jaguars Ravens, that game was great. Uh, Chargers Cardinals, that was another great game. So there's so many games you could have uh, picked from Week 12, uh, unless you were watching like, unless you were watching the 49ers Saints and the uh, Panthers Broncos game. Which I'm gonna be honest, hey Broncos fans, your season is basically done hey hate to uh harp on you again but uh three and eight three and eight really so- sounds like someone's getting fired and i guarantee you it's gonna be nathaniel hackett but then again it wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised if he didn't get fired either way but uh yeah but yeah, I, I I'm gonna be honest. I'm just gonna leave it at this. I think week twelve might have been like one of the best one of the best weeks in football in the NFL this season. And why I say this is because of the all the close games. Because I'm gonna be honest, I don't like watching a blowout game. I really don't. Unless my team is beating down on another on like another team like i'm not interested like for example like unless the unless the giants like i'll only be interested in like a blowout if the giants are like beating up on like the texans or like the dolphins or the jets or whatever team like unless like i and that was my point like because the giants are my team like unless my team is uh doing laying the beat down, laying the smack down on the other team. I'm not interested. That's just me. Blow blowout games in all honesty, like are kind of not fun. They're really not fun to watch. I kind of like I kind of like watching the games, you know, where the the offense is uh, go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth at each other. Touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Uh, but anyway, either way, it was a great week of football. Well, not for me as a Giants fan, but, you know, uh, either, but besides that, it was, uh, it was a pretty good, pretty good stretch of games this week. Uh, and that being said, it is 1.10 in the morning. Uh, I'm going to sleep. Uh, so when you hear this, it'll, depending on where you are, could be 8 a.m. where you are, could be 
10 a.m. doesn't matter. Either way, uh, I will be, by the time you're hearing this, I will be dead tired. <laughs> I will be really tired in the morning or afternoon. Anyway, this has been episode 56. And this is your host, LT Nasty. I will see you all in episode 57. Good night, everyone. Peace.